Welcome to the Nightmare Podcast. I'm your host, Lance, and today we have a really special show. We're talking to one of the co-creators of Hibernation. That's the, the game we've been talking about all week, about the bees and the tiles and the flipping and everything, and it's really awesome. Um, again, they, they I got no anything out of this other than joy. You know, this game sounds awesome, and I think after you listen to today's show, you're going to be excited about it, too. You're going to go to Kickstarter. You're going to support Hibernation. It's going to be great. Um, I want to thank Sean for sitting down and talking with us. Just so, so many cool things. And, uh, yeah, here we go. All right, everybody. We're here with Sean. Sean, how are you doing today, sir? Good, good. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, thanks for being here. So you're with... Uh, Ramsar Games and a new game coming out called Hibernation that is all about bees. And I, I'm really, really excited to get into the works of it. But before we do, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your backstory and where you come from in the gaming world? Yeah, uh, well, personally, I'm, I'm an artist. I'm a classically trained fine artist. So I've been doing fine art for, for 20 years. And I've been trying to uh, make a go of that as a full-time gig, and it really hasn't been panning out the way that I was hoping it would. Uh, it's not that um, my work is terrible. It's, it's more that the market is just not there necessarily for fine art anymore. So I, I decided to find a new way and a new avenue of attack for my work, which is, which is board games. I have, um, I, I'm part of a small gaming group, my wife and our best friend, uh, Sabrina the three of us and uh, we've been getting together for, for years now, every, every Friday, we try to make it every Friday to get together. And we sort of decided, why don't we make our own game? We love games. Why don't we try our hand at making our own? We've actually got all the skill sets of a great design team uh, right in house. So I'm an artist and, um, and a designer and, and sort of a, an idea man. Whereas my wife, Kit, is an author and a writer and uh, a great designer as well, a great graphic designer. And our friend Sabrina, she's also an artist and an idea person. And um, she's a maker, so she can make anything. So essentially, uh, we have this great game group, which has become a great game design group. And uh, we're taking our skill sets and bending them to a purpose, essentially. So where we weren't seeing necessarily success in fine art, which doesn't necessarily fill any kind of holes or gaps in the market, as it were, uh, not to get too biz business on this whole thing. But uh, we know that with, with games, people love games. We love games. People want to play them. And we've got the skill sets to make them happen. So that's kind of how it all came about. And um, we've been at it for about 18 months now. So summer of 2019 is when we started working on hibernation. And we've been plugging away on it ever since. Nice. Uh, that, it's neat that you come from that classical art background. Like you said, that's a tricky world and even trickier now. We won't get into NFT and all that kind of stuff uh, where art is or isn't or going. But a homegrown game, you know, the, the fact that you have your own hive, to use a pun, uh, I'm big on puns. So, you know, that you have your own hive there and able to, like you said, do everything in-house, that's going to make that creative process I'm sure easier at some points, maybe more frustrating than others, but easier in that, you know, that you're not having to communicate with down the chain or up the ladder or anything like that. Just, hey, what about this? What about this? Is that the case when you were designing the game? You know, did it seem to flow a little bit better than having to deal more in a traditional or corporate setting? 
It did. Yeah. Putting um, putting hibernation together uh, from its sort of inception to to what it is now has not been a, a, a hard process or even a lengthy process. I've had a few a few chats now about our, our journey and a lot of people are surprised at how quick our, our turnaround is at only about 18 months or maybe just a, we're, we're coming up on sneaking up on two years now. But um, most people are telling me that that's a pretty short turnaround time for for a tabletop game. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm not I'm not surprised by that just because we're so we're into it so much and, and into it full time all the time. And because, again, we don't have to search outside of ourselves for those skills or those answers or wait for, you know, art to come back in from somebody else. It's just us doing it. Uh, it has been it has been a lot easier. I would recommend it for anybody who's interested in making their own. Make friends with with people who will help you uh, do that directly. Yeah, that, that's me. I think that kind of fits, you know, indeed the theme of your game. I've watched some of the gameplay, some of the videos, um, even tried my hand because you had it online available to play for a little bit. Uh, the, the game itself is, it's gone through, even in 18 months, it's gone through a few different titles and iterations and stuff. Um, how was is, how is that process? You know, were there times where as you're designing, you say, oh, yeah, I like this. And then you hit roadblock and like, oh, you know, how, how did those workarounds come about? Yeah. Uh, well, the, the idea itself, the original concept of the game was called Swarm. And all it was was 40 B tiles uh, or sorry, 40 tiles. The B theme came later. Uh, it was just 40 tiles. And the idea was to sandwich your opponent's tiles between your own, flip them over and push them out of the game. That, that was the entire concept. And we actually have left a version, that original version of the game in the rules for hibernation. It's called Total Domination. And you can still play that version of the game if you want. I, I personally really enjoy it for its simplicity, but also for its, um, its strategic difficulty because trying to actually knock somebody right out of the game is pretty hard. Um, but yeah, it started there. Uh, and again, Sabrina being a maker, she said, why don't we just bang out some tiles with my, with my machinery? She had all this stuff in her studio and we did, and we, we, we banged out some tiles in blue and red and started playing with them on the table. And, you know, just to get the base mechanic, does it work? You know, will this, will this thing actually function? And we did that and it worked fine. And then we said, okay, so let's make it bigger. This, because we started with 20 tiles, it wasn't big enough. It was a very short game. So we, we doubled it, we made it 40 tiles. And then we said, okay, so now it's, all it is is an offensive game. I attack you, you attack me, I attack you back and forth. How do we make it more defensive? What do we add into the game to make it so that you can have more strategic um, items at, at hand? So we introduced some blocker tiles and different ways to stop your opponent from being able to take your tiles away from you. And that eventually uh, we found that the first round of blocker tiles didn't work very well because you could get around them and you could get to the very first tile in the line and then start attacking your opponent. And they didn't function very, very well. So then we decided that any tiles that the blocker tiles touch are no longer flippable. And now they become kind of a, a stronghold idea. And you can set up shop in a different part of the game and stop your opponent from being able to push you right out of the game. And um, at that time, as we were playing with it and laying it out, it started to take on the idea of a honeycomb. So the, the, the B theme kind of came in 
And we started theming up all of our specialty tiles as bears, flowers, uh, a pesticide tile and a beekeeper tile. And all of them have, you know, specific functions inside of the game. And then as we were developing those, uh, we, we sort of ran up against a few issues. You know, if you put one flower tile in the game, it flips all the tiles it touches, which are not your own, to your own because all the, all the tiles uh, in the game are double-sided, okay? Uh, but then we were like putting a flower tile on top of a flower tile and just taking them back and then doing it again, doing it again. And we found that that didn't work very well. So we put in a new rule saying no specialty tiles on top of other specialty tiles beside sure on top of no way. So it really did progress as, as we played the game and tested it out with, with audiences, we found places where the mechanics were clunky or what we were trying to achieve, we weren't achieving. So it was at that point where we'd have to go back and rethink, how does this really function? What are we trying to achieve? And how do we get to where we wanna be? So yeah, it's um, it has gone through quite a few iterations and where we're at right now, I'm hoping is kind of the final, <laughs> final iteration. But once people get it in their hands and get a really good chance to get that robust gameplay, there may be, suggestions coming in from people to add something in or change something out and who knows there might be room for expansions or possibly um, room for um, a retheme or reboot of the, the base game itself into something new as new ideas come our way or people make suggestions so it's a curious process but we're open to it so, <laughs> so that's really neat that organic uh, as it develops you know you're having fun and you're playing and being gamers yourself, you know, you know what works and what doesn't work. So you have that inside knowledge, you know, so many times you see people create something that's, they're not passionate about. Well, obviously, just from your emails and talking to you today, you know, I, I can see that passion. So seeing how that, that goes, I'm really excited to see. And then, yeah, the, the gaming community is very vocal. They'll, they'll let you know, like, cool stuff that you can do and things. I mean, and something like that. Let's call Marvel and have like a Hydra and Shield, and that's your two sides of it. You could you could do Hydra and Shield and have like a Captain America. Oh know. yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I've already been thinking about you know um, like in because we've themed it with a bee theme. Mm -hmm. There are enemies of bees in nature, such as hornets. They're they're one of the big ones, and they can actually uh, show up in very small numbers and wipe out a hive because they're so much bigger. Uh, and ultimately, I, I was trying to figure out a way, how do we bring that in? How do we make Hornets part of the experience of this game? And we haven't quite figured out with this version of it, but perhaps it could be a new version of, of Hibernation, which is, you know, the, the Hornet invasion or yeah. something like that. We'll, we'll come up with a new, a new set of rules and a new set of mechanics to, you know, maybe work with the base game or perhaps create another, another iteration of this game uh, to include that natural world animosity between hornets and bees. We're, we're just not sure. Oh, and, that, and that's, that's really cool. One thing we were talking about uh, off mic before the show was getting the game out there. You know, y'all have done so many cool things. I've seen y'all on a lot of shows and heard you on a lot of podcasts already talking about the game. Uh, normally, like we said, we go to conventions and shows and trade shows and say, Hey, here's, here's this game and play it and test it out, and then you get that live feedback. One thing that y'all did that I didn't 
I wasn't very familiar with. Uh, I'm a, I come from the video game realm more than the board game realm. But you were able to play this game online. You were, you know, I mentioned checking that out. You were able to go on and kind of play it a little bit. How has that been, you know, tooling it to get it out to more people, whether it be via online gaming um, or showing people how it works and getting feedback that way? Has that been a challenge to, to get more feedback, you know, giving the pandemic and stuff? It has been. Uh, I, I must admit, it has been, it was kind of tragic, actually, <laughs> at, the, at the beginning of 2020 there, when, when COVID-19 hit and everything got locked down, we basically lost every live event, every live opportunity. And we had a lot of stuff planned, a lot of conventions to go to, a lot of um, live playthrough events. We almost had a tournament organized with a local game group of about 30 people. Um, we had advertising at conventions we couldn't get to and, and all kinds of things. Even our local library has a game group and we were working with them and, and so on and so forth. And all of it, absolutely 100% of everything except for online disappeared, all of it gone. Um, so that has been tough because it is so important. It really is important, I, I think, to the, the development of a board game to put it in people's hands. People have to touch it. They, you know that that's part of the experience of tabletop gaming is tactility. If you can't touch the game, you're kind of missing, you know, fifty percent of of the gaming experience. So we have we have moved online, and we are available on Tabletopia and Tabletop Simulator uh, for anybody who wants to try them. They're they're completely public, and you can try them at your leisure. Um, and that's, that's been good. That has been good. I have actually uh, had an opportunity to play with a couple of different game groups. And uh, one of them was another podcast group called Which Game uh, First. And we did um, a live run through with their game group of four people. And there is a four player version of the game. Uh, it's mainly two player, but it is, there is a four player variant because the, the tiles actually break down into even numbers quite easily. And uh, it was hilarious, actually. We had such a great time just uh, teaching the game and letting them have their way with, with it. And because they were such a cohesive group as well, uh, you know, the trash talk and the, um, and the in-jokes and the, and, and the ribbing and everything was quite uh, robust. And that was fun. It was really great watching people play our game and have a good time with it too. I, I, I missed that. We really wanted to get out to conventions in 2020, even if we didn't have the game in hand. Uh, as a finished product, just to just to get out, to meet people, to show it to people, to say hello and to introduce ourselves. It's, uh, it's quite, a, quite a loss, really, when you think about it, to not have those events. You, you mentioned you got to play with some other people online. Are you, are you undefeated or what, what's, your, what's your record? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the best, I will admit. Uh, I'm not like a chess grandmaster or anything like that. Um, there are, I'm not sure if you watched the, the, the Queen's Gambit when it was on, on Netflix there. It was quite a good show about, about the chess world. But there's a, there's a scene where uh, the main character, uh, Elizabeth Harmon, I believe her name is, she's playing somebody when she's young, uh, just getting started. And he's sitting at the table, looking at the pieces saying, I can get out of this. I can get out of this. And everybody else is saying, no, you can't. She's got you. Just give up. And I've had moments like that where... I'm playing against somebody and I'm like, I can, I can get out of this. I can get out of this. <laughs> just, I can't because they're one step, just one step ahead of me. And, 
and constantly blocking me in those ways that I, I want to move. And I just, you know, sometimes that's the way, the way it goes, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, well, so we've been kind of dancing around it. The, the actual gameplay, you know, it's, it's two to four players, uh, tile based. We mentioned some of the power up tiles real quick. Kind of what's the, the elevator pitch for gameplay on this? Like if somebody was like, well, how do I play this game at a convention and they walk up, you know, how, how would you explain to them uh, ways to play this game? Yeah. Well, ultimately it's a game of worker bees versus drone bees. Uh, the theme itself came out again from gameplay and the three of us in the team, we are all big fans of bees. We know that they're having a tough time on this, on this earth right now. And we know that we need them. And one of the first things that we wanted to do was to maybe reach out to like a, a, a bee conservancy group and see if we couldn't partner with them to do sort of a, some kind of donation program through sales of the game. But because we're not sure if it's necessarily going to be uh, very commercially viable, we didn't want to do that. But ultimately, it's based on a premise of uh, every fall, hives around the world throw out all of their drone bees. They do their thing in the spring to get the hive kind of going, and then they get to have the summer off, essentially, to sit around and eat and not do very much. But when the fall hits, the rest of the hive has to get ready for the winter, and they basically throw out all the drone bees because they're not useful for overwintering, and they unfortunately will die from exposure or loss of food. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a harsh life. It's, it's a free ride, and then it's a harsh end for them. Uh, so our, the premise of our game is that it's worker bees, versus drone bees. And the idea is that whoever has the most bees of their type face up on the table at the end wins. It's a fairly simple premise. You just want more of your pieces face up. And then of course, every, every player gets specialty tiles. In a two player game, each player gets three. In a four player game, each player gets two. And those specialty tiles, again, are, are bear tiles, flower tiles, pesticide and beekeeper tiles. And they all have similar mechanics on how they're used but their functions are different. So bear tiles protect tiles from being flipped. Flower tiles flip over tiles, which are not your own. Pesticide tiles remove tiles from the game completely. And beekeeper tiles resurrect bee tiles from the discard pile caused by the pesticide tile. And uh, that sort of gives you an opportunity to not only play offensively, but defensively as well. So it gives you options on how to... Uh, attack your opponent, but also defend what you've already built. So ultimately that's, that's the game. It's actually fairly simple to learn. We tried to streamline all the mechanics so that there weren't a ton of, of different things to have to remember and uh, kept the gameplay fairly simple. All right. So that, that's something that's really cool about games. You know, I, not being a big gamer, some of these games I see and they're like, Oh, well, it takes 45 minutes to set up and then you have to read a Bible about how to play. So a game that's easy to learn is real appealing to somebody like me. Uh, in this game, though, what would you say, like, it's the, the average playtime? Like, how long does a game on average last? Games last anywhere from 10 minutes to about 30 uh, we've got three different play modes in it. So if you only have a short amount of time, you can play the quick play mode which is um, just 10 tiles each, quick game, uh, get her done. Whoever has the most tiles wins. And then we have the other two modes, the arcade mode, which is the full version of the game where you play with all the B tiles and all the specialty tiles. 
that can easily take up to, to half an hour, depending on how much time you want to sit and think about your moves. And then the total domination game, depending on how even, evenly you are uh, at being matched with your opponent, that might take even longer than 30 minutes. Because as you're taking their tiles, they're taking them back and so on and so forth. And if you haven't got a strong lead or you haven't been able to build one, it might be uh, a while before you can get there. So yeah, 10 to, 10 to 30 minutes is, is pretty a pretty good uh, guess or a pretty good gauge of how long it'll take. Yeah. And that's when I was in college, my roommates and I would play risk and it would last for like a week or two at a time, you know, come in, play for half an hour and then come back and play. And so it was crazy. Um, if somebody was feeling real, real cool and real special, they could they get like two copies of the game and then double the amount of fees and drones they have and just, you know, an entire, you know, we say tabletop, but like have an actual entire tabletop covered. Because uh, I, I guess the rules, you just multiply it by two if you bought two or three copies. Basically, I'm supposed to so. buy like four or five copies of this game so they can have an actual hive of of bees. You know, that's you'd what be, we're trying to you'd do. Be, you'd be surprised at how much table space it actually takes up at only you know forty to fifty tiles that you might be playing out of all of them that are that are in there. You'd be surprised it actually takes up a pretty good amount of space. Nice. So. Uh, I, I had thought about that, that idea of an expansion that is just 20 extra B tiles. If you really want, if you really feel you need to play an even bigger game or a bigger version of the game, we'll have to see if people want it because um, I'm happy to, to supply it if you, if you do. Nice. So uh, this project is available on Kickstarter right now and people can go on there. Um, what are some of the different tiers that you, you have on that you're looking at on your Kickstarter? Uh, for our Kickstarter, what we're doing is uh, we're actually, we're just offering up the game. The We've seen all kinds of Kickstarters and we've seen all kinds of ways to approach what you're doing. Uh, but our game is is finished. It's one of those games that doesn't come with uh, add-ons and additions and unlocks stretch goals necessarily of more game pieces. What we're doing is we're actually going to be offering up free games. As we get to certain tiers... Uh, within once we fund we're going to be giving away to some of our backers at random their game for free uh, shipping and all the rest of it will, will have to be on them but we're willing to actually as part of our stretch goals as a thank you to everybody who is uh, who's pledging hibernation we're actually going to be giving away free games and i'm uh, you know and as as we go up through the tiers as we make more money we're going to be giving away more games that's how we're sort of uh, thanking everybody for for assisting us in bringing this game to to life nice. yeah it's it's pretty much a finished game and we didn't really want to add extra things to it we wanted to give you the full gameplay and it's already got it's already made of really high quality materials uh, we've already got the high-end stuff in there um so ultimately we're giving away free games that's going to be our stretch goals and uh, we're just offering up our game i mean what Mostly. more what more do you need i mean how many kickstarters out there I don't know any that I've seen that they're like, hey, back us and you can get it for free. So that's all the more reason to go and support and back. Um, where all can people find you on the internet? Not just on Kickstarter, but just if they want to follow the progress of you and the game and everything. Where can people, where do people need to look online? We're actually, we're everywhere. Just, <laughs> just spit and you'll find us. So of course you can find us on ramstargames.com, our, our main website where you can find out all the information about hibernation and our Kickstarter. 
Uh, I do have a blog there as well with um, different articles and different opportunities to hear us talking about the game. And then, of course, we're on we're on Facebook. We have a, a specific Facebook group that you can ask to join if you like, uh, where you'll get proper updates and and you'll actually see them, which is nice. Uh, and then, of course, we're on Instagram, Twitter. We're working on Reddit. Uh, we're basically everywhere. So you can also find us if you want to try it first. You can find it on Tabletopia. You can find it on uh, Tabletop Simulator as well. And if you sign up for our newsletter, we'll send you a print and play version that you can try at home if you like. Nice. We're so, no reason to not check this out. It, it's going to be really cool. I'm excited. Uh, I got my back in. I can't wait to, to have it and play it. It's going to be awesome. John, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with us today. Everybody, go check out Hibernation. Go check out Ramsar Games. You're going to love it. Thank you for having me on the show. Happy to be here. Thanks again, Lance. Awesome. All right. So there you have it. Uh, that was Sean. A lot of fun, really excited about this game. You got to kind of hear about what went into it, what it takes to play, everything like that. No reason for you not to go to Kickstarter right now and search for Hibernation support. It's for a board game. It's super cheap. Go support it. Check it out. It, it's awesome. And I also wanted to say that um, here in a couple of weeks, actually, I guess next week at this point, Sean and I are going to be doing a thing with Fan Expo where we're going to be playing the game live. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, make sure to follow me on social media to get more details about that. Deets, as the kids say. But uh, again, I want to give a big thank you to Sean for being on the show. It was a whole lot of fun. Go check him out all over social media. Check me out on social media. Just look for The Night Nerd. Email me, nightnerd at thenightnerd.com. Otherwise, that does it for me this week. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll see you next time. What a glorious thing to be, healthy, grown-up, busy, busy bee. Making hay while time is ripe, building up the honeycomb just like tripe.